Welcome to the For Love and Money podcast, the show where business and social purpose meet to inspire a movement for positive change. Here's your host, Carolyn Butler-Madden. Welcome to another episode of the For Love and Money podcast. I'm really looking forward to this next interview with James Grujon from the Good Beer Company. Um, So to give you a little bit of background on James, he started the Good Beer Company, which was Australia's first social enterprise of its kind, to brew beer for good causes and to inspire change by demonstrating what purpose-led businesses can achieve. And He's had a, a career that spanned over 20 years, and in that time, he's been a change maker. He has pioneered corporate social responsibility at a major banking group. He's helped build uh, partnerships to lift 1 million UK homes out of energy poverty, helped grow a social enterprise that floated on the London Stock Exchange. He's negotiated groundbreaking multi million dollar partnerships to cut carbon emissions. He's created a national healthy air campaign as the CEO of a national environmental charity and formed an alliance between a new green energy company and leading environmental organisations to generate $3 million in funding. And I just saw today that he has been named by LinkedIn as one of the top green voices, the 15 creators to follow in Australia and New Zealand. So... We have someone who is going to share a lot of his um, rich experience and um, with no further ado, James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So there's a lot I want to get into and from our discussion the other day and just following you on LinkedIn and seeing some of the um, initiatives that you're developing. The thing that really popped out to me, the the common theme that I saw through so many things is partnership. Like you seem to be a partnership master, you know, bringing organisations and people together to play a much, much bigger game than you can do alone. So I'm really excited to to jump into that because I don't believe you can be truly purposeful without partnership um, because you've got to think bigger, right? So I think it's a it's a subject that a lot of people can learn a lot from and um, and I'm really keen to get your take on it. So but before we dive into that, I want to ask you the first question is when you think about purpose in business, what role if any, do you think love has to play in it? Oh, look, that's a, um, that's a great question. And I, I think it has a big role to play in it. You know, I've been thinking a lot recently about the words of a very old friend of mine called Joe Cox, who was a Labour MP who was very tragically murdered by a right-wing extremist during the Brexit referendum. And Joe was someone who, wow, if we're talking about love, you know, really, really uh, genuinely lived and breathed it. And she was a refugee advocate. She worked internationally with refugees. And before she came into the House of Commons, had some very strong uh, principles that she brought into her political life. And, and this is something that we're doing with Thank Brew campaign that we'll talk about in a little bit with the Good Beer Co. But her statement or opening remarks to the House of Commons when she was elected as an MP that are most well remembered are that we have more in common than that which divides us. And that, I think, is something that really kind of drives me in terms of that whole approach to partnerships. But it's also about recognising that love and and how we feel about people who we live in the same community as, that we work alongside, 
that we work in partnership with our friends and family and our colleagues are all a really important part of how we go about living our lives and the, and, 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 and the kind of communities and world that we live in. And so I think, I think that's an incredibly important part of purpose. And we've managed to start conversations with thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of beer drinkers. It's, it's all about love. Yeah, brilliant. And I, and I think I agree. I think, you know, the more you think about it and the more you dive deeper into things, um, love as corny as it might might sound it is it, it that that's what it comes down to if you are truly invested in the success of something you know it's rarely because it's just about making pots of money it's about something bigger than that and that that quote from joe cox we have more in common than that than that which divides us oh my god you know how important is that today where where there are so many you know the forces dividing us seem to be so incredibly strong at the moment and yes. just grounding grounding yourself in that and actually remembering that is I, I think i think it's one of the most important things that we should hold on to so thank yeah, you for I, totally, I totally agree so tell us your background how did you come to be doing what you're doing at the moment i mean that introduction that i gave it you seem to have been on a long and winding road well, well, look, I'm, I'm going to um, be fortunate to turn 50 next January, uh, which I have a little bit of trepidation about, but I'm also excited about because I think the awesome. 50s are going to be are going to be great. Um, and I'm and I'm following my wife, who is paving the way for me and is brilliant in her in her first year of her 50s. Um, so I've been around for a long time, and, and look, I you know a lot of what I've done in my career from an early age has uh, informed how I approach building partnerships and and making um, everything that I do stronger by bringing in lots of different people and organizations uh, in and around projects and campaigns. Um, I mean, I, I started out working uh, in politics um, and, I, and, and the media, and then I was lucky to be working for a, for a high street banking group who needed a corporate and social responsibility strategy and, and, and got the opportunity at quite a young age um, to put that together for them. Um, but what I realized in doing that, and this is this is 20 years ago, so in the days when CSR was a bit more of a tick boxing uh, approach uh, than we than we fortunately see now um, with companies who are taking it much more seriously. And, uh, and that led to me joining an organization in the north of England that was working with um, governments across the UK and energy companies, local councils, charities to lift households out of energy poverty. So working with people who were paying more than 10% of their annual income every year on their energy bills and were living in, in the UK in cold and damp and unhealthy homes. And, and you know, we had, a, we had a higher winter death rate than, than Siberia in the UK when I was working for this company. Oh my God. Working, working to, to lift those homes out of energy poverty, make them healthier. And that was really my introduction to, to getting excited about action on climate change and what I would call social and environmental justice, the two things that I think are, are, are absolutely linked. Uh, and I was able to, as the head of corporate affairs there, to work with a number of different organizations ranging from very small kind of local community groups to large charities, to local authorities, to big energy companies like British Gas, to make sure that we were, we were getting help to people that really needed it. Um, and, and, and doing something that was life-changing, which was, which was making people's homes energy efficient. Um, and I still find it baffling that we're having a conversation about energy efficiency and energy saving, uh, you know, given where we are with climate change now, it's, it's the easiest thing to do. It's a no brainer. 
Um, sadly, uh, you know, there, there are still a number of homes in Australia in fuel poverty and energy poverty. Um, and it really is the simplest thing to do to just go in there um, and make sure that people uh, are able to, to heat and, and cool their homes when they need to. Um, and also make savings that are going to benefit all of us because most of our carbon emissions or a very large part of our carbon emissions come from domestic properties. Um, so so that, that, that was the second part. And then, and then look, I've, I've been in Australia for 10 years. Um, my wife, Jo, and I moved here 10 years ago. Um, I'd been working for a fantastic Australian um, climate change company called Cool Energy based in Melbourne. And they brought me in from that organization I was just talking about, um, eager to, to head up their UK business. And we built some fantastic partnerships with big energy companies, supermarket groups, um, the Daily Mirror, the Sun newspaper, um, to get over 12 million energy saving light globes out through those newspapers and supermarkets at point of sale with the newspapers. Wow. And get editorial on climate change into newspapers that hadn't been covering it at the time. And that was when, and when I- when was this? This was back in about 2009, 2010. Okay. And that's when I fell in love with Australia. And, and that's, that was the next part of the story, really, um, because um, I was asked by some former colleagues from Call NRG to come and join them to start a, a business called Energy Saving Social Club in Melbourne. Uh, and, that's, and that led to me uh, to then join the team, the startup team at PowerShop Australia, which at the time was a, a green energy startup and, and building partnerships with GetUp, Environment Victoria, the Australian Conservation Foundation that got them their first 50,000 customers in Victoria, New South Wales. And, and more excitingly, um, was kind of the first wave of consumer activism that, that, that got people to say, well, I'm, 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 I've written to my MP, I might have been on a demonstration, I might have called an MP, um, now I'm going to switch my energy company because I support renewable energy and I'm going, I want to be with a company that is backed by renewables and supports renewable energy policy. And so that, that, was, uh, that was a really fantastic campaign that also raised about $3 million for those organisations. And when, while I was doing that, um, my wife got a job in Brisbane. So we moved up to Queensland from Melbourne and I started thinking, uh, first of all, I don't want to commute to Melbourne on a daily basis. Uh, from Brisbane and secondly um, if you can do what I was doing at PowerShop with GetUp and the Australian Conservation Foundation and EV and others you could do it with something really interesting like beer which is where I started thinking well is there anybody in Australia who's who's doing a social enterprise beer or beer for good are we teaming is anybody teaming beer with good causes and they weren't so I launched the good beer company and our first beer was Great Barrier Beer for the Australian Marine Conservation Society Fantastic. And tell us a little bit about the Great Barrier Beer Company. The Good Beer Company is a social enterprise, so it exists to do good with beer. And what, it, what that means is that we uh, give a portion of sales to charity partners and funds. Um, but what we also do really importantly is we, we give them a much bigger platform. So the Good Beer Co for me um, comes from having run an environmental charity. I was the CEO of Environmental Protection UK, which is one of the UK's oldest environmental charities. Um, and I could, I could see at first hand how hard it was for them to raise funds, but also how important it was that they were able to reach out to, to the mainstream. Because when you're, when you're working inside of an environmental organization or a charity, you're, of, you're often talking to, to people like you and me who are converted already. What I wanted to do with the Good Beer Co and Great Barrier Beer, which was our first beer with the Australian Marine Conservation Society, was to start a conversation through a beer that was in fridges at Dan Murphy's and BWS or in your local bottle shop or on a boat as you were going out on the Great Barrier Reef or in the Qantas Lounge or on a P&O cruise ship, 
that started with a really, you know, I, I really like the taste of this beer. That's and then and then, oh, what's this all about? That's interesting. It's supporting the Australian Marine Conservation Society. And so, if you spoke to Darren Kinley Sides, who's the CEO of the the AMCS and the team there, they would say that actually the, the most important thing that Great Barrier Beer did for them was um, it just it just broadened their reach. So they got huge amounts of media um, for their cause and the plight of the Great Barrier Reef, which, as we know, is under serious threat now. It's bleaching for the sixth time in the last. Um, 10 years which is absolutely tragic and it's caused by climate change but it also got them in front of a whole new audience and that's so important and that's that and that's what the good beer code does really it's about starting conversations and bringing people into issues that they care about yeah brilliant what made you go to the australian marine conservation society i i guess what i want to understand is why that organization opposed to another organization for example Well, I wanted to look for an organization that um, would first and foremost benefit from being um, linked to a beer that was raising funds and raising its profile. Um, And the AMCS ticked all of those boxes. I also wanted to work with an organization that was prepared to work with a good beer co. So it was really important that they were were able to work with us to market the beer and promote the beer to, to their database on social media and email. Yeah. And to support us in terms of work that we were doing in, in media. And, and also just some of, some of the fun stuff that we did to train Dan Murphy's and BWS staff and the stuff that was on posters in, on fridges in, in Dan Murphy's, for example. Um, but secondly, um, we also wanted, um, I, I wanted an issue that was going to resonate with the Australian public for our first beer. Yeah. And I wanted it to be an environmental issue because climate change is, is something that, um, that is incredibly important to me. And it's the issue that I'm, I think is most important and I'm most passionate about. And the Great Barrier Reef was just a no-brainer, and particularly as a company based in Queensland, because we are, uh, you know, we, 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 all Australians are custodians of the Great Barrier Reef. You know, we have a responsibility to look after it for the rest of the world, and 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 it is it, it is it is uh, it is absolutely our crown jewel. You know, and and it's something that we should be very proud of, but it's something that we we need to be doing more to take care of. And and I I, I knew from looking at research. Um, from from polling and surveys that were done regularly every year for the last 10 years before we launched um, Great Barrier Beer, that eight out of 10 Australians on average were saying that the Great Barrier Reef was a national icon. It was something that they really cared about. And then crucially, it was something that they didn't think that um, was enough was being done to protect. And so step in, step in Great Barrier Beer for the Australian Marine Conservation Society as a champion for the reef. Yeah, brilliant. And I love the idea of using a beer, you know, which people equate with pleasure, to actually bring awareness and start conversations. Because exactly as you say, non-profit organisations, they're talking to, they've got their limited audience, they've got the people who really care about what, they, what they're doing, but, but they need to widen that audience and the ability to start conversations over a product that is all about socialising, you know, a beautiful, a beautiful partnership. I'd love to understand what kind of impact it had, what kind, you know, what, what sort of anecdotal feedback did you get? I think, look, I mean, we, we did some really interesting stuff and, and you know, we talk, and you talked a little, little bit about this in the intro. I mean, one of the things that you can do as a small startup, uh, social enterprise like the Good Beer Company, is take advantage of, I guess, the things that are difficult, which is that you're small, you know, Good Beer Co is, is, is a self-funded bootstrapped organization that's run by me. Right. And I, and I, yep. and, 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 and I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not paying myself um, a salary and, and I'm doing it in order to be able to grow it into something that 
um, is, is more successful and therefore can do more good as, as a purpose-led business. But I, th- I think, you know, we, we were able to take advantage of the fact that we could move more quickly than bigger companies. So for example, um, we were the first company to use um, biodegradable marine life friendly packaging in the fridges at Dan Murphy's. And at the time, um, you, you'll see them in, in the fridges and you'll see them everywhere now, but at the time um, you, you had kind of craft breweries who were nervous about using them because they thought they might fall apart in the fridges. They thought they were too expensive. They couldn't make them work with their canning machines. Um, you know, and I've spent, I've spent years standing on canning machines, <laughs> working out how to, how to do this kind of stuff, um, but also working with the packaging companies. We were a finalist in the Minister's Award in the Banksia Awards, which was recognising what Great Barrier Beer was doing to start conversations with mainstream consumers. Um, but I, I, think, um, I think for the AMCS, the, the really interesting stuff is sometimes some of the kind of chance stuff, like, for example... When Malcolm Turn, when, when we launched the beer, we were brewing the beer up in Bundaberg initially. Yep. Um, and the brewery there had a visit from Malcolm Turnbull and Barnaby Joyce, who were, and it was their first visit as the Prime Minister and Deputy Prime Minister. And they arrived with this huge coterie of media behind them at the brewery. And there was me standing behind the bar with the owner of the brewery in my Great Barrier Beer, have one for the Reef t-shirt. And Great Barrier Beer was on tap. And um, Barnaby Joyce and Malcolm Turnbull were given a beer and the journalist um, asked them, you know, what do you think of Great Barrier Beer? And I told him what it was for. And they, so they had to engage in a conversation, which then led to a conversation that the AMCS had with the prime minister at the time. And, and, and right through to, um, you know, media coverage um, in, in the campaign that we ran with Lad Bible, we did, a, we did a special edition of Great Barrier Beer for their Citizen, Citizen Reef campaign, which was a really clever campaign that they ran for their 3 million followers in Australia um, to say, look, if, if, if we want the reef to be protected, we need to make it an Australian citizen. Um, yep. So they petitioned the government to do oh, that. Brilliant. It, it's, just, it's just some of the fun stuff that you can do, you know, taking Dan Murphy's and BWS staff out onto the Great Barrier Reef um, on, the, on the boats of our tourism partner, Sun Lover Reef Cruises, who serve the beer on their boats and going for a snorkel and, 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 a, and, a, and a scuba and then talking about climate change on the way back over a Great Barrier Beer over a cold one. And, and then hearing back from the guys in Dan Murphy's and BWS corporate team to say, what have you, what have you done or said to all of our staff? Because the guys in the stores in Queensland are going nuts for this beer. And they, and they showed me what was going on in their private um, Facebook groups um, where, where I could see you know, the displays that were being put up in stores. Um, and again, that's, that's about starting conversations and, and just realizing that people are actually, you know, by and large, people are going to be interested in selling a beer like this if they know the story behind it, if they know what its purpose is. It's got to be a really good beer. It's got to taste really good. It's got to be the right price. It's got to look good on the shelf. Um, but the story and the purpose is really important as well. And that's where you invite some love into it, isn't it? Because instead of just being you know, a great beer that tastes awesome. It's a great beer that tastes awesome. And, you know, when I buy it, when I drink it, I feel great because I know I'm doing something good. It's That's having exactly impact. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And it's lovely when you, when, you know, when I, when I used to go into the, not just in Dan Murphy's a BWS, but independent bottle shops as well. And, and I just stand back and, and hear the staff team and the teams there talking about the beer when they were, when people were plonking it on the counter or asking them a question about it it was just amazing and, and you just you just realized that you've got something really powerful there how fantastic James and you did this as a 
bootstrapped startup. I'd love to know, and, I, and I'm sure that listeners would love to know, how you got um, to partner with Dan Murphy's with your biodegradable six-pack packaging. How did you well, open that, that door? Yeah, so, so I, mean, I mean, to be quite honest with you, um, I, um, I just reached out to people. And because what, what you can do when you are a purpose-led social enterprise, and particularly one that, you know, that, that somebody like me has gone, I'm, I'm just going to start this and I'm going to see how it goes. Um, I don't have any background in the beer industry other than enjoying drinking it. Um, but Good starting I'm, I'm point, gonna right? Find, I'm going to find myself a really great charity partner and a really great brewing partner, and I'm going to get the logistics right. I'm going to make lots of mistakes as well, by the way. Yeah. Um, but you, you, I, I approach them, um, and so you're not. It's not just what you when you when you're a, when you're a social enterprise or purpose-led beer company. You're not just talking to Billy the beer buyer at Dan Murphy's. You're talking to the head of corporate communications. You're talking to their sustainability people. You're talking to the corporate team at Woolworths Group. You know, and and it, and and it, and, it, and all of these things kind of reinforce each other. You know, the fact that we were a finalist in the Banksy Awards, and their head of sustainability from Woolworths was one of the judges. You know, you you put yourself in front of people, and you make sure that they understand what you're trying to do. And it was the same with Piano Cruises as well. Um, we we were we were um, you know Tom Dawkins, um, yeah. fantastic man, huge supporter of of, of the Good Beer Co and me, and and, all, and and social enterprises across Australia. Very good man, as you know. Um, had the Good Beer Co Great Barrier Beer as part of Dream Starter ING. And through ING. So, so before you go on, just for listeners who don't know Tom Dawkins, he's the CEO and founder of Start Some Good. So it's basically an incubator for um, and support. How would you describe it? An incubator and a support service for social enterprise businesses. Yeah. And, accelerator, and, and, an accelerator. And an accelerator and a crowdfunder. And so we, yeah. we were part of the Dream Starter Initiative, which is a crowdfund supported by ING Australia, um, which raised $60,000 in pre-orders for Great Barrier Beer and helped us to launch. But secondly, um, Anne Sherry, who at the time was the executive chairwoman of um, Carnival Cruises Australia, was also a non-executive director of ING. And so that was my route into a meeting with the head of corporate affairs at P&O. And, 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 you know, look, it's really it's alarming kind of how you do these things when you look back on them sometimes. And I, I remember when going to see um, the guys at PO Australia and I, I traveled down from Brisbane to Sydney, hoping that the box of beers that I had had got through and not broken. Uh, I got them off the, the, at the, at the other end of the airport. And I, and I was at a seven 11 stuffing a cool bag with ice and then sitting on a bench outside their corporate office, dusting <laughs> each of these bottles of beer off because I was going in to do a pitch meeting to the head of corporate affairs all of her team, the executive chef, all of their buyers, about 12 people around a boardroom table at which I sat at one end of. We passed the beers around from this bag. Uh, they all tried it. They all enjoyed the beer. We had a good conversation. Two months later, the beer was on every one of their cruise ships um, in, in Australia. And sometimes timing is right. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's a convergence of a really good story, integrity, um, and, and having the right product and the right price um, and, and the right partners. And, you know, and I've been very lucky, like a lot of people in, in the social enterprise purpose sector in Australia, to be advised and supported by some really knowledgeable and generous spirited people, um, including some of our brewery partners who made sure that what I was doing was going to be successful. So, so something that you talked about there that I just want to touch on for a moment is 
um, expanding relationships. So when you talked about Dan Murphy's, it wasn't just the buyer that you were engaging with. It was the, you know, the head of sustainability and, and various people in the organisation. And that building relationships is based on being able to have richer, more meaningful conversations. It's not just about a beer with a great taste and, you know, what you're going to price it at. It, it, those richer, meaningful conversations centre around, um, you know, the cause that, that you're there to support and people care about that. So I, I think that's a really, um, a really strong theme to think about is this idea of partnerships which are based on building relationships across organisations you know, on the basis of meaningful conversations. Exactly right, exactly right. And if, if I think back to Anne Sherry, when P&O um, launched their, their um, into the, to the media that they were stocking Great Barrier Beer, the, com the quote from Anne Sherry um, was basically, you know, this is a great beer for the Great Barrier Reef and we're really pleased to be supporting it. But the most exciting thing for me is that we're helping the Good Beer Co. grow as a social enterprise business, which is going to enable it to do more good. So it wasn't just about buying one batch of beer. It was about saying as a corporate and a big company, if we can get behind this small, tiny little social enterprise startup called the Good Beer Co, we're going to help it to grow. And that's going to do more good than buying one batch of beer or writing a check to a charity. And, and, and when I, you know, I think things have changed a lot since, even since I launched a Good Beer Co six years ago, um, my, my sense is that, uh, there's an, there's even more interest now out there in the business community in purpose-led social enterprise business models and products and services that are provided by those organizations and a willingness to support them to grow. Um, you know, when, when I first started, um, I was looking at 90-day payment terms. I was looking at it, finding it really, you know, I've given some examples of where I've been successful. I, I, there were many, many more where I didn't get anywhere in terms of trying to get into businesses. The door is is certainly a lot more open um, you know, in, here in Queensland, I'm very well supported by the Queensland Social Enterprise Council, which is a really fantastic growing organisation of organisations that are purpose-led social enterprises, um, social traders, you know, and all the other organisations that are supporting social enterprises to get through the door. Um, but I sense that the door we're pushing at is, is open, um, mm. where perhaps it was a little bit jammed um, yeah. six years ago. It certainly feels like it's really come into the mainstream now, um, and and people are wanting to wanting to know more, and wanting to support um, more businesses, more social enterprises. Enjoying the podcast? If you're looking for more inspiration, head to our website, thecauseeffects.com.au, for more resources on how you can start using your business as a force for good, or buy the For Love and Money book. Every copy sold allows us to protect one square metre of rainforest. Help us save 10,000 square metres by 2025. So let's come to where you are today with the Good Beer Company. I've been, um, for the last two or three months, working uh, on the launch of a really exciting campaign uh, called Thank Brew um, in, uh, in the UK, which came about through my very close friend, Brandon Cox, um, who I talked about earlier, who runs a brilliant organization called Together, um, which is a coalition of businesses, faith groups, um, community organizations and charities, sports organizations. So everybody from kind of big companies like Facebook, the, the, the FA Premier League, through to the Church of England, through to small community groups, 
coming together um, to bring people together in their communities to make them more connected and kinder um, and to and to really kind of get behind that whole issue of um, I guess what, what what Joe was talking about in terms of you know we've got more in common than what divides us um, and they run a they run a campaign called Thank You Day each year and last year was the first Thank You Day which takes place in the first weekend of the first Sunday of, of June. And, and I coordinated a campaign last year called Cheers for Volunteers with Together and the Royal Voluntary Service, which was recognizing all of the work of all of those amazing people who worked in food banks, domestic violence shelters, with, with disabled people, with elderly people, and just broadly across local communities to, to keep them together during that really challenging period of the COVID pandemic lockdowns. And this year, um, we've created a beer called Thank Brew, and we're working with a really amazing uh, brewery called Adnams, who are a partner to the Good Beer Company in the UK. And um, I, I first met Adnams CEO, Andy Wood, at a, at a um, Cambridge University climate change leadership course, where we got together and talked about climate change or a beer, and that started our relationship. And I'm now working with a guy called Fergus Fitzgerald, who's their head brewer and production director. And Fergus is, is working with me to create a coalition of what we hope will be over 100 breweries from across um, the UK, from kind of Cornwall up to Cromarty in Scotland, from you know from Anglesey in Wales to East Anglia, over where Adnams is based on the other side of England, um, and pubs that will be brewing and selling a beer that's raising funds for Eden Projects communities who do the big lunch, uh, and they're part of a really fantastic organisation called the Eden Project, um, who are an environmental organisation that you'll know based in Cornwall who've been running for 10 years, the big lunch, again, to bring people together in their local neighborhoods to make them stronger and more resilient and open yep. to conversations about what makes a good community. Together Coalition and Thank You Day, and then an amazing organization called Reset Communities and Refugees who are working uh, right now to find homes across UK communities for Ukrainian refugees coming into the UK. So um, absolutely lovely campaign. We've, we've launched it um, with the support of a whole bunch of different organisations like the British Beer and Pub Association, the Society of Independent Brewers, the British Institute of Innkeepers, um, and I, I could go on. Uh, uh, the Campaign for Real Ale, fantastic organisation that I've known since I was a, a youngster um, in the UK. And um, the, the aim is really just, just to, um, over that weekend, which is the Queen's Platinum Jubilee of the, the 2nd to the 5th, big long weekend, um, to celebrate and raise a toast to, to the Queen and obviously thank her for her years of service, but much importantly, bringing people together in local communities um, to say thank you to, 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 to local people and to, and to make people feel connected um, and part of their local community. And that's, and that's, that's the aim. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's looking like it's gonna be a really big weekend. Uh, and, uh, and hopefully we'll see, We'll see thousands of pubs having a thank you day or the big Jubilee lunch event and serving thank brew and raising money for those three really fantastic causes. So it's the pubs that are raising money by bringing people together? So basically this, the, the, the money will be raised from the sales of the beer. Yeah. And, and the beers are being produced um, at cost price. So the profits on top of that are the, are the money that's made after the cost to the breweries that are brewing them. And there are, there are some big breweries involved in brewing the beer, and then there are a number of really small local community-based breweries as well. And, and, this, and this kind of taps into um, to what I was talking about previously about the Good Beer Co. One of the reasons why the Good Beer Co. has worked both here and in, in, in Australia and in the UK is because um, local breweries and craft breweries in particular 
uh, tend to be run by people who really care about their local communities and they have really loyal local communities and they tend to be people who care about the environment they tend to tend to care about the provenance the products and the ingredients and it's it's a really important part of their story so mm. um this campaign um it's, it's been lovely to see how the the brewing industry and the hospitality industry who've had a really difficult two years in the uk um as they have here in australia as well because of covid have embraced this campaign and i'm hoping that this is going to be a really big um weekend for the for the beer and hospitality industry and everybody that works in it as well because they they deserve it there's so it sounds to me like there are so many winners that come from this um and and it um it reminds me of a, 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 a actually a chapter i wrote in in my book so i came across this term called win with which is actually a trademark term um that i came across from a a, a negotiation company called trusted negotiator from from melbourne and they introduced me a few years ago to this idea of win with negotiation so you know instead of the idea of win lose going beyond win win you know the idea of win win still presupposes that the pie that you're working with is a limited size win with is all about increasing the size of the pie work together exactly right to bake a bigger pie so more can benefit and we can create more benefit. And I just thought, wow, that's amazing, right? And, you know, they'd applied it to, to negotiation, but in terms of purpose and purposeful partnerships, that's the centerpiece of what purposeful partnerships are all about. And you're, I mean, I've, I've been scribbling here as you've been talking, but I've lost track of the number of partners you've got involved in this initiative, but it sounds like it's gonna be huge. It sounds like it's turned into more of a movement than an initiative. Um, yeah, and it, and, it, and, it, and it needed to really, to be quite honest, because, you know, we, we for, for various different reasons, including the fact that we had to get sign off from the, from the Queen and the Palace for this, who are the partners to the big Jubilee lunch, um, which, which is one of the main official events for, for the Queen's Jubilee um, in, in June, we had to move quickly. And um, so Fergus, Fergus and I, um, when we were looking at the recipe for the beer, wanted to make it really easy to allow people to use whatever ingredients they had and to put their own stamp on it really. And so what, what this has become is, and, that, and that'll be the same for the pubs and other licensed premises that take part as well. You know, you can have any kind of event you want, um, just do what works basically. We want you to be part of it. And we want everybody in the UK to have the opportunity to go to a local pub licensed premises or brewery, or to go to their local bottle shop or supermarket and buy the beer and take it to the street party. because they. This, this is, um, I think there's usually about 3 million people every year that take part in the big lunch. Um, they're expecting about 20 million people to be doing something during this, during, during this big Jubilee weekend. And that's, that's partly because everybody's been sick of being locked down because of COVID and because this is the first kind of big weekend when the hospitality industry is emerging. Um, but it's also because I think people are really ready uh, to come out and do something really positive. And, and it's, it's, it's just, um, in that spirit, I think that we make it as easy as possible for people to participate. And there's, there's lessons in that um, for anybody that goes about building partnerships. We, we could have brewed a beer with Adnams and with the, with the company that we're working with in the UK that just does non-alcoholic beer called Big Drop Brewing Company and left it at that and tried to put yeah. it in supermarkets. 
but it would have been much smaller in terms of the impact and the engagement um, than, than what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's amazing. I love that story. Um, you've got something brewing in Australia as well, don't you? Yeah, well, one of, one of the um, things that I'm most proud of um, in the last few years is, is, is the... Um, is the work that I've been able to do to support two very good friends of mine, Clinton and Lozen Schultz, husband and wife team that run sober non-alcoholic beverages, who are not only the first um, non-alcoholic craft beer company in Australia, they're five years old this year. So they started about a year after I did with the Good Beer Co. But they're also, I think, the world's only um, First Nations owned and led um, non-alcoholic craft beer company. And uh, and, and, they're, and they're a social enterprise, they're a purpose-led business as well. So, and, and I've been really lucky to, um, to work with them as friends and as an advisor. Um, last year, we, we, we worked together to raise a million dollars to help them to build the brewery that they're going to be brewing just down the road from where I am now in Burley Heads, which will be one of Australia's, if not the first, one of Australia's first non-alcoholic craft breweries. Again, focused on what they do brilliantly, which is using native ingredients um, and, and supporting the employment of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders and championing and showcasing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture. Yeah, but also really importantly, starting a conversation with Australians about our drinking culture, um, yes. all of us, uh, and having that conversation about um, socialising sober and making it the norm. And, you know, I, I could talk for a, a long time and they would do it much better than I do um, about how much harder it's been for them um, going into that non-alcoholic craft beer space than it was for me starting a beer company that was an alcoholic beer company because they were going to bottle shops five years ago and getting told to get lost yeah. on, in, in very large numbers because what's happening now is, is partly their responsibility. They, they have been a very large part of growing this really fast-growing market that is non-alcoholic craft beer in Australia and it's brilliant to see how well they're doing and if you haven't tried their products um, you must try them because they are not only delicious but they are um, they're about as purposeful and impactful as you can get and so so we, we will um, in, include in the show notes a link to where you can find where to buy those products definitely definitely brilliant and and, and, it, and it's just sober.com um, you'll, you'll find s-o-b-a-h and yeah so to answer your question, uh, <laughs> we the Good Beer Co and Sober have been trying to work together for a long time. We're both purpose-led social enterprise businesses. We're both Queensland businesses and very proud of it. Um, we're all friends, uh, and we're and we're and we're businesses that um, that really care about sustainability, protection of the environment, and action on climate um, change as well. And um, we I can't say too much about it, but we are going to be launching uh, a collaboration brew. Um, which will hopefully be uh, in retailers around about September. Uh, and it's going, and we've got a fantastic cause and charity partner for that uh, with the aim of showcasing the brilliant work that, that, that Sober does, um, but also having a conversation again, like we've done with our Great Barrier Beer um, with mainstream Australian beer drinkers, this time in the non-alcoholic craft beer market. Um, to, uh, to to kind of start those conversations again around the Great Barrier Reef and about marine conservation and then more broadly speaking and really importantly right now about climate change as well because um, I think we all, we all feel that there isn't any issue that could be more important yeah. than climate change right now and the Great Barrier Reef 
it's, it's, it's very, I'm very sad to say, under much more stress than it was when I started the Good Beer Co and launched Great Barrier Beer six years ago. Yeah, our timeline has just been compressed, hasn't it, to do anything about it. And yet the action we need to take coming from governments um, just seems to slow us down, which is exactly why businesses like yours and social enterprises really are rising to the challenge and and no longer waiting for government to lead the initiative and thank goodness and thank goodness and and and, and it, look and it's not just um it's not just small or startup social enterprise businesses or purpose-led businesses i mean i i am sober at the moment are going through the process of becoming of b corp certification yep and it's something that we'll look at with a good beer co as well um it's been um equal parts kind of depressing but also heartwarming to know how long it's going to take to get that certification because so many businesses are trying to put their hand up to become B Corp certified and businesses that are trading for purpose as well as profit. Um, and that's, and I think that's great. You know, I think it's really exciting. Um, and I know from my engagement through the Good Beer Co with some big, big, big businesses um, in, in the UK and in Australia that, as you say, big businesses are taking this far more seriously than governments now. And, and they, and they need to be, you know, because uh, as you say, we've, we've got, you know, the last IPCC United Nations climate change report, We've got eight years, uh, slightly less, to, to do something about this if we're serious about keeping warming below 1.5 degrees, which if we care about the Great Barrier Reef, which of course I do and, and you do, and, and I, I know people who listen to this do as well, um, we go above eight, 1.5 degrees in warming and the reef is going to be in real trouble. Yeah, yeah. And, and the fact is we have so many more levers. We have so many levers at our disposal. So, you know, when people go, oh, I don't want to think about that because I can't do anything about it. And that's not something I know people listening to this podcast don't fall into that category, but they would certainly, like me, know people who do fall into that category. Um, the response to that is, no, you're wrong. You, there are multiple levers that you can pull, you know, as a consumer, as an employee or a business owner or, or whatever it may be as a, as a voter. Um, yes. You mentioned B Corp and, you know, uh, we went through my small consultancy um, recently got certified as a B Corp. And one thing that really just um, landed with me was this idea. It, it, it is hard. It does take time. But, you know, within your own business, no matter how small it is, oh, my God, there are so many levers for impact. That was what really blew my mind. I thought I knew what they were. But, you know, each, each section you went through, each question that came up, it was kind of like, oh, wow, no, I hadn't actually thought about that. And I loved that process. So, you know, even if, if you're listening and you have a business either as a as an own founder owner or as an employee and you're interested in B Corp certification but you know you're not anywhere near ready just going through that question process is an education in itself and will give you ideas on you know what levers you can start to pull today to create a better business so I think that's a really important message I'm really excited. You've told me a little bit about um, this this um, Australian initiative and I can't wait for the time when you're able to talk about it in detail and talk about some of the partnerships 
um, that you've got going there because I just think I think people are going to love it I really do and I can't wait for it to come to fruition so September you say yes September and, and just as another little sneak peek I mean we, we it, it, it'll be a great cause that's um, that's working um, on a fantastic um, project that involves training Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander women um, to be guardians of the Great Barrier Reef in their local communities. Um, we're also really excitingly working with a group of creative people led by a brilliant guy called Matt, Matt, Matt Bray, um, who are passionate about action on climate change. And they're people that work in the advertising media um, industries who, who, as, as creatives who wanted to work on this beer um, because they think it's got a really powerful message and they're excited about it. So I can't wait to tell you a bit more about it, but Clinton and Lozen at Sober will quite rightly tell me off if I say any more. Yeah, don't say anything else. Don't say anything else. But, you know, maybe we can get you and and um, and Sober, um, Clinton and Loza, to come on and, and tell us about it maybe towards the end of the year. Um, That's a great idea. I'm sure they, they would love to. Yeah, no, I would love to have them and to have you back. Um, and I just, you know, I listen to you, James, and you just seem to take partnerships to a whole other level, whereas, you know, someone might go, yeah, let's do one partnership, one or two partnerships here. You just seem to go, <laughs> you know, let's just pull in all these people. And, and as a result, you're really scaling your awareness and your impact. And that's, that's incredible. Um, so I want to ask you, you you mentioned, you know, we've talked about some of the successes and some of the things you've got in the pipeline, but you but you've said, you know, equally you've you've had failures along the road. And I I'm curious to know how has your purpose, how has that helped you through challenging times? Oh, look, I think I think the purpose is everything, isn't it? So, you know, in, in the case of the good beer company, it's like, are are we doing something that is actually delivering some benefit to the course partners that we're partnered with and more generally speaking in terms of society the environment and and if, and if we if, if I feel like we're not then that can be really disempowering and we, we went out when we launched Great Barrier Beer and we had media coverage that said can this beer save the Great Barrier Reef well that, that's absolutely ridiculous it, of course a beer isn't going to save the Great Barrier Reef and even if we sold as much beer as as, as um, you know, Carlton United breweries, we wouldn't be able to save the Great Barrier Reef. But if we are, my, my, you know, the mistakes that we've made has been when we've worked with charities or causes that perhaps weren't a fit with our overall mission yep. um, and that weren't equipped to be able to support what we were doing um, and where I haven't built strong enough partnerships from the get-go because um, through no fault of the people that we partnered with, they perhaps weren't the right people to be doing a beer with. Yeah. Um, where we've succeeded is where everybody is behind the purpose and the values and the mission and passionate about it. And that's been a kind of learning for me. Um, the, the other mistakes I've made really are just that um, I, I need to often be reined in by good people who understand logistics and pricing and working with retailers and pushing a, um, a beer product out into a national retail market. Um, but I've, I've been very lucky. And again, this is about partnerships as well, um, to, to work with people right across from brand marketing, advertising through to uh, advice on the right business structure, 
legals, etc. Quite often with people working pro bono, um, and 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 for love of of, of the good beer co and social enterprise. And uh, it's been really heartening for me um, to kind of have people with me along for the journey, and that keeps you going as well. Because you 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 know when you when you hear back from people that they're enjoying drinking your beer, or they're enjoying working with you, or you know, they start. They started a conversation uh, with their next door neighbour or somebody at work because they cracked open a cold great barrier beer. That's brilliant. Yeah, that is brilliant. And I guess they're people like you who care about the Great Barrier Reef, who care about you know our our planet. Yeah, um, and I think and I think it goes back to that more. You know, we, we've got more in common than than what divides us. And I think I think we often I I sometimes forget that when I'm feeling a bit depressed about how bad things are with climate change or be, because our politicians aren't doing the right thing. We haven't got a government that isn't that's doing what we need to be doing to decarbonize our economy. Um, you come back to the fact that actually most people do care, uh, mm. and we know they do. Um, it's just about how we engage them, um, and I and I think it's really hard to engage people with doom and gloom, and and with disaster, and with um, you know the end of the world is nigh. Yeah, it's about making people feel empowered, empowering those people so that they're ready to jump in and you know, do something, it could be, it could be something really small, but that, that sense of feeling empowered, I think is our fight back to, you know, those people, organisations, governments who are really pushing the division, the divisiveness and the disempowerment, you know, I think it does actually, without getting into politics and everything, I, don't, I, I do think it suits some people's needs for people to feel that the issues are way too big. For them to get involved in and um and at the end of the day we need people to get involved and everybody can in a different way i want to ask you and we're coming to the end here but bringing it back to the the title of the podcast for love and money what do you see as the relationship between the two love and money um purpose and profit oh look i i, I started the good beer co um for, for it to be a, a purpose-driven, profitable enterprise. So I didn't start it as a, as a charity. Um, it's, uh, it's had its ups and downs and some challenges that we haven't talked about in relation to COVID, uh, where we lost impact investors and we didn't launch in the UK as planned. Um, but we're bouncing back. And um, I, th I, think, uh, I think it's a really important balance. You know, I, we, we, we live in a... Um, a capitalist economy, uh, but I think we can live in a much kinder, a much more connected economy where we can balance out love and profit and purpose appropriately so that we are recognizing how important natural capital is, you know, how important it is that we take care of our environment and we take care of our native species and how important nature is, uh, you know, how important the Great Barrier Reef is um, to uh, and, and, and our oceans are, you know, and how that's connected and how global, global warming is connected to the floods that we've just seen in the Northern Rivers and here in Queensland, you know, um, and just getting people to, in, in the business community, I think, to realise that um, in order to be successful businesses uh, from a profit-making point of view, they also need to be successful businesses in terms of how they are connected with their employees, the local communities in which they operate, uh, their customers and increasingly, you know, and, and I know this is really obvious thing to say, but younger people who I think um, are looking at them and have got very strong bullshit radar, radars and 
are going to be asking much more difficult questions than perhaps Gen Xers like me did um, of companies. Um, but more than that, I think I think it's just about um, hopefully it's it's a it's it's about how we all survive um, and how and how we build a much better world that, that we can all kind of in, enjoy living in in harmony with nature. And and, yes. I, and and it sounds corny, but I really think that that's where we're headed. Um, I just hope that we get there as quickly as we need to. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. And I think um, we've got to shift this idea of our economy is everything. You know, we, we've yeah. got to make sure our economy is um, is looked after beyond anything else. You know, we, we've moved from this idea of our economy is there to serve us to we are there to serve the economy. Um, yeah. And it's crazy when you think yeah. about it. Um, an economy should serve the people fairly and equitably, people and planet um and and all all stakeholders in it but now we've become slaves to the economy it seems um look i know you're going to have to get off so i've got a final question for you we're recording this interview in april 2022 eight years away from the 2030 um global goals sustainable development goals targets I don't think anyone would argue that business has a responsibility to act but amongst business leaders there's there's a difference in the level of action and the urgency of action required. So I'd just like to ask you, what is your view on the role of business widely, you know, not just your business, but business as a whole to drive societal change? Look, I, I think the exciting thing about businesses, if they can understand the opportunity that comes from decarbonizing our economy, is that they can do very well from it, but they can transform their business models into business models um, that support all of us, and and if they don't, then 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 we're all screwed basically. And so, um, I hope that what will happen is that businesses can move really really quickly, uh, and that's the advantage that they have over governments that we elect in Australia every three years. They they can move quickly. They can make yeah. decisions and they can have an impact very very quickly. They need to move faster. They need to. Um, prioritize uh, changing their business models and they need to be listening to their customers and their employees as they do that um, but the exciting thing is they can move quickly and and if they do I think we're going to be in a good place in eight years time. Brilliant let's leave on that note of optimism. James Grujon thank you so much for joining us I've really enjoyed our conversation and I look forward to welcoming you and the Sober team uh, back later in the year. Thank you. Look forward to it. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the For Love and Money podcast. If you'd like to take a deeper dive into the purpose movement, visit us at thecauseeffect.com.au. And remember, doing good is good for business. So if you're not doing good, then what are you doing?